Hello and welcome. I'm Marquette and you're listening to Mind Body Dallas. I am so excited to have Dr. Stacy on the show today. Dr. Stacy is a traditional naturopath who specializes in functional medicine. After suffering from chronic illness for most of her own life, she finally found relief in using a holistic approach to regain her health and correct imbalances. Discovering functional medicine has been life-changing and she has set forth to help as many people as possible regain their health and with that, their quality of life. Dr. Stacy has been in the health and wellness sphere for close to 15 years. She holds several functional medicine certifications, a master's in holistic nutrition, and is constantly finding new ways to learn and grow more so that she can continue to support not only her own health, but the health of her patients in her practice, Vibe Wellness. Dr. Stacy, hello. Welcome to the show. Thank you for being here. Hi, and thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to chat today. Yes. So tell us a little bit about your journey. I know that you suffered from chronic illness most of your own life and you finally found relief, but tell us a little bit more about that. Yeah. So I'll try to do the express version because <laughs> <laughs> take up the whole show. Um, <laughs> I always talk about how um, toxins and different interventions and things like that layer onto people. And that's what creates chronic illness. So for me, what my layers looked like was basically a dairy sensitivity that led to frequent ear infections, which led to antibiotic overuse, which led to gut issues, debilitating anxiety. Um, I would even say mild insulin resistance as a child. Um, and all of these things just snowballed. And as I got older, of course, in college years, we kind of trash our bodies and, you know, don't have proper circadian rhythm. I was working a third shift job throughout most of college. Um, so lots and lots of factors were kind of piling onto my overall toxin load. Um, not to mention I was raised on a farm that was sprayed by glyphosate, which we'll talk about, I'm sure later. Um, and they really created, like I said, the debilitating anxiety. Um, and then I had breast implants in my early 20s. And that kind of was like the pervasive straw that broke the camel's back for me. Um, I immediately, within a few months, developed hypothyroidism and then would develop weird things like aura migraines, um, just vertigo. It was something new literally every year. And I just kind of got to my breaking point and I found the breast implant illness community and I, you know, finally was just like, all right, these, I have to get these implants out. Like that's step one, but somehow in the midst of discovering this community, I also discovered functional medicine and was working on my doctorate at the time. And then I just, for me, I added in that layer of specialty because I knew, um, when I started working with functional medicine, it made sense to me. I had the lab works to back up, you know, all the symptoms I was experiencing, and just kind of working through all of those things and supporting the body, replacing deficiencies, those were the things that finally brought me to a place of homeostasis. And I knew right away this was this was why I had to go through all of this was so that I could resonate and be able to be empathetic to my own patients and, and then ultimately guide me to my purpose. And that's kind of leading people towards their, towards their health like I was led. Wow. Wow. You turned your mess into your message. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. That's, yeah. that's just amazing. Well, um, I'm sure we could have 20 podcasts and I hope we do, but for this podcast, let's focus on 
the amazing lymphatic system, hepatic system. So please tell us, okay, what is the lymphatic system and what does it do? Yeah, absolutely. So the lymphatic system, you know, a lot of people, it's just, it's so not talked about, right? I mean, right. we always talk about our blood system and our circulation and all of these things, but we have another system in our body that has vessels all throughout the body, just like our blood vessels run, and it's the lymphatic system. And most illness and, you know, chronic illness is definitely correlated to toxins just kind of getting stuck in the lymph. Um, and we'll talk about some symptoms and ways to know that you're stuck, but, um, basically what the lymph does is it hosts, uh, most of our immune system along with our gut. Um, and it filters out all of these toxins for us and, you know, continues down that drainage pathway from there, but it really is just kind of like our cleaning system for a lot of, a lot of the, um, toxins and anything that needs to be removed. So even when our cells regenerate, um, the lymph will move, you know, anything that's disposable throughout that system. And so for us, though, one thing to note is that it doesn't have, we don't have, our heart doesn't pump our lymph, right? And right. so this is how we get stuck. So it's really important to learn that we have to, we are in control of moving that lymph. And so there's lots of ways, you know, and I'm sure we'll talk about some of these things to do that. So we don't get stuck in our lymph. And then those toxins just kind of contribute to chronic illness, which is what we see happening all the time. Oh, I'm so excited about this show. I'm so excited. You're going to tell us all the good things. Okay. So since we're going to talk about both systems, well, two systems, tell us also about the hepatic system and what does it do? Yeah. So let's talk. So the hepatic system and the biliary tree, those are two different ways that the liver is literally connected to the rest of the body. And so when you're talking about the hepatic system, you're talking about the blood supply from that comes straight from the intestines, right? And so for a lot of people, that's where most of our exposure is coming from. So it's going to be in our gut and then it's going to go straight to our liver. So there's a literal connection between the two. And what happens in the liver, you know, tells us what's going to happen downstream to other organs like the spleen, the pancreas, and even our visceral fat and things like that. So you can never separate these things because they're all so highly connected, right? And so when you think drainage, you have to think if you're stagnant in one area of drainage, whether it's liver, whether it's lymph, um, then you're going to have drainage issues across the board. And so you have to support each layer of this drainage funnel, so to speak, so that your, bo your body can move toxins out and recirculate things the way it's supposed to. Um, and then so the biliary tree is, is the one that I see often gets very stagnant because this is where our gallbladder and our liver are connected. And so we see such an incidence in, in gallbladder removal. And this really, really puts a... Um, it just puts a damper on our body's detoxification system if we don't have that excess bile hanging out in our gallbladder. And most of the reason why we have gallbladder dysfunction is because of, because of the liver stagnation in the first place. Mm -hmm. So if we don't have bile flowing freely from the gallbladder to the liver, we're going to have more issues like skin issues, hormone issues, and just all over, you know, detoxification issues because of this um, inhibition of the body to properly drain. Wow. Well, 
okay, let's go back and forth. We'll ping pong back and forth because they are so connected and it's like, you can't really separate them. So I want to talk about them kind of back and forth because maybe that will help our, uh, our listeners really get it. So, okay. I here in Dallas do uh, lymphatic enhancement technology. It's L E T and it's with my LymphStar pro. So I do manual with a machine, the LymphStar pro. And then, um, I'm always recommending to my clients, you know, for them to do other things to support their lymph system, their lymphatic system throughout the week when in between sessions with me or, you know, for clients across the country that don't have access to that or to me. So I want you to tell us some really awesome ways, like how do we take care of our lymphatic system daily, weekly, seasonally? I mean, tell us all the, all the things. Yeah, absolutely. Besides just getting a, you know, a lymphatic massage or something. Yeah, absolutely. Which is not, it's not attainable for a lot of people to do. No. Massage, you know, once a week. Oh gosh, no. Yeah. So, you know, and we can, we can, we can manually do, you know, a lot of times when you go to get a lymphatic massage, they will teach you how to do this yourself, or you can pay attention during the massage on how to move your lymph manually. Um, I find more people are going to do things like dry brushing daily. So dry brushing before um, a hot shower or before um, the sauna is going to give you more bang for your buck because you're, you know, it's just a light touch. You're moving the lymph and um, it can be one way that's just part of your routine really easily um, to kind of do that. So other ways are rebounding, vibration plates, just any kind of movement. If you're body is moving, then your lymph is moving. So just continue. I mean, we do have a very stagnant, um, lifestyle these days, very sedentary. Um, we work from home. I personally too, like I have to make sure I'm getting in movement every single day and making it a priority. Otherwise I'd be sitting all day. Um, so things like that. And then also hydration. So having structured water, we structure our water, you know, not just physically structure it with minerals, but consuming plenty of fruits and vegetables that have that good organic structured water. Um, and then getting light exposure, getting sunshine that structures our water in our body. So making sure that we're actually getting sunshine every day that, that does help move our lymph as well. Um, I talked about vibration plate rebounding, and then also breath work. So Mm -hmm. doing breath work therapy, um, it can really help stimulate lymphatic drainage and it is really underutilized because that is something so easy we could do at home, you know, just working, oh, yeah. with, working with a therapist or just having videos, you know, to have to do at home. That is really powerful. Yes. You don't need to go see anyone regularly. Like you can do all these things as a part of your daily routine. And that's like you said, a lot of us who do um, manual massage, lymphatic massage, we're happy to share this with our clients. So be sure that if you don't come to me, if you ever go to anyone, you can just ask them and have them show you and get the feeling, pay attention in your massages. Um, and that will help. But for sure, I, I'm always recommending those things, especially the dry brushing, the rebounding. And yes, the water and the sunshine. I'm just so glad that you reminded us of that yes. um, these things and walking yes movement is medicine so thank you for these really good absolutely attainable reminders we all need to be doing this and taking care of our lymphatic system okay so what about the hepatic system so daily weekly seasonally like what what do we do to su- support this system yeah so you know when it comes to of course I always say Um, you know, the first step is to stop your exposures, right? Because the liver gets burdened because of the toxin load that we have, um, 
day in and day out. Um, and really detoxification, whether it's working with the lymph, working with the liver, has to be a daily practice in, in the world we live in today. Um, and so it's really, really important to um, evaluate your exposures in your home, especially in your food and your water and your air, um, because those are chronic exposures that you're going to have that are going to burden the liver even more. Um, it, those people who are missing a gallbladder, it's really important to support with um, bile salts and support fat soluble vitamins and things like that, because they are going to be lacking when you're lacking that gallbladder. Um, doing things like castor oil packs, those that's something that literally everyone can do. Um, you can combine it with your sauna therapy or even a heating pad to really get more bang for your buck. Um, more advanced liver support, and this is probably if you're working with a practitioner and you know that you can handle it, is doing things like coffee enemas and things like that, because what that helps with is recycling our glutathione production, and it can increase it six to 700% each time we do a coffee enema. So my people who are very low in glutathione, this is a therapy that we eventually work up to. That's amazing. I've been doing coffee enemas now for, oh, probably three or four years, and they have been life-changing for me. Um, I started with colonics back a million years ago, like 12 years ago, a client was like, you're not doing uh, colonics? I was like, what's a colonic? She's like, oh. <laughs> yeah. so out of my, I'm so glad she shamed me because I was like, oh my gosh, I went right away and I started that journey. I'm so yes. glad I did. But I learned about coffee enemas um, through the Gerson method, I guess, what, maybe, like I said, three or four years ago, I started that journey and it has been so life-giving for me. And you're right. It's a lot. It's probably if you're working with a practitioner or, um, or anything like that, but there, you can even do them at home. So you don't even have to go somewhere, um, or do it at a clinic. You can do it. Do you, are you okay with sending clients home to do it at their home too? Oh, absolutely. I just, I just make sure they're in a place where their drainage pathways are open. Um, ah. which which for me means, oh, you're sweating regularly, you're pooping regularly. I know you're keeping up with hydration, um, things like that. Because if your drainage pathways are not open, then you're going to get sicker because that mm. enema is going to push detoxification a little bit more. Not to scare anyone because they are very therapeutic, but you have to lay the groundwork for some of these things first. Good. That's exactly why I asked, because I want you to point all of these little details out um, to any of our listeners. And Someone told me recently, she, she's also a client of mine, and um, she's also really gotten into coffee enemas this last, mm, maybe I would say eight months or so. Mm -hmm. And she said that, she, that her naturopath here in town told her that to not do too many. Would you explain a little bit more about that? Could you overdo it? Is um, that what yeah. you're kind of well, mentioning? Um, well, I'm... So, you know, like I said, it's going to increase your detoxification capacity. So if your drainage pathways aren't open, that means more toxins are going to be circulating that you're not able to drain. So that I is see. one thing. Sometimes if people do, you know, if people are trying to do them every day, it can affect your normal peristalsis. So your normal bowel movements. So you don't want to be reliant on the, on the enema. Coffee enemas are not to move your bowels. And that's important for people to know. Um, that's not why you do them. You do them to stimulate glutathione production. Um, but for people who have a lack of peristalsis and have trouble having those normal bowel movements, if they become reliant on the coffee enemas, it can be habit forming, right? So we want to yep. make sure your bowels are moving properly, even when you're not doing 
coffee enemas. So that's one reason. The other thing is that they can be very drying. So think about coffee. Um, you know, it, it's effects on the body. It does deplete the body of minerals, you know, when it's used all the time, it's a great antioxidant, but it can also on the other hand, um, cause depletion and can be drying. Um, so we want to make sure that you're not, you know, doing too anything, anything, even if it's good, any too much of anything is not necessarily good. Right. And right. I always learned that the hard way. I'm kind of an extremist who if something's good for me. I'm going to like try to do it all the time. Um, yes. you're gonna push yourself too hard and it's just not natural. So you want to make sure you're doing things in cycles because that's how the body heals. Um, your, their body doesn't heal with this constant stressor every single day. And that's even to say, even with exercise, which I'm sure you are mm-hmm. a huge proponent in taking those rest days. Cause that's where the magic happens, right? In yep. the day you're actually resting. Absolutely. Oh my gosh. What a good answer. Yay. I'm so glad you explained that in such detail. Thank you. Every, every part of that answer was just absolutely incredible and what we needed to be reminded of. So thank you for that. Okay. Tell us then about exposures because we've been talking about that. I mean, what does this even mean? I understand. Okay. Exposures. I'm being exposed, exposed to something, but you know, you've mentioned before on your Instagram, it's like, these are significant, I mean, excuse me, insignificant amounts of this or that, say aluminum or chlorine, fluoride, you name it. And, but they add up in the long run. So tell us a little bit more about exposures and how they can be big in the long run, these insignificant things. For sure. And that's the thing. And so, you know, what I find, you know, even working with children that they're, small children are already depleted in glutathione That's mm. to me that their toxin burden is extremely high, even from a very young age. Right. So that means that their liver cannot process any more toxins. Right. And so, so, um, you know, we're exposed to heavy metals in the air, um, through medical interventions, uh, through cooking with aluminum foil, deodorants, beauty products, all of these things, these things accumulate in our body and they will not leave the body until you actively are going in and and detoxing it out. And, um, you know, when you're talking about things like halogens, they compete with our receptors for things like thyroid hormones, naturally occurring, uh, metals that we need like, um, iron and copper, And so we have this epidemic of people who are anemic or have neurotransmitter issues. And a lot of times it's just because they're missing those naturally occurring metals, maybe because they have heavy metal toxicity that's competing with those receptors. Oh, wow. Things, right. They're adding on, like I said, adding on to layers and layers that are making people more and more ill because we're not taught to support and detoxify the body or that, you know, or even awareness of our exposures. Um, You know, we you know, people can, oh, you know, oh, you can be afraid of everything. Well, it's not to be afraid of everything. It's to be aware of your exposure. So you can do the cleanup work literally, um, to your body if you're exposed to these things. And so it's just important to know so that you can be proactive in removing these toxins because you cannot wait on government agencies and all these other things to all of a sudden come out and say, Hey, you know, you should probably start detoxing. Um, cause they're never, they're not going to do it. <laughs> so, no. so they say, oh, these, you know, this in a small amount is fine. Look, mercury was used for dental fillings, like completely FDA approved and everything else. And now you can't even mail it. So, so these things are in a lot of our bodies and now you can't even put it in the mail or it's like a felony. So you cannot wait on the science. There's about a 20 year 
you know, lag on that. So you have to be proactive now, or you're going to be 20 years down the road with a chronic illness that could have been prevented. Yes, absolutely. Well, and the science, yeah, we are the science experiment for a lot of this stuff. Like those mercury fillings, I mean, they were the science experiment and now we know not to do that. So what experiments are going on right now? Like you've mentioned before too, aluminum, we talked about that chloride, I mean, chlorine, fluoride, radiation, food dyes, antibiotics, EMF exposure, Tylenol, glyphosate. You mentioned that in the beginning too. So tell us a little bit about maybe a few of those, but especially glyphosate. And I'd like to know more too about chlorine, fluoride. I mean, tell us more. Yeah. Yeah. So another epidemic that's going on is the thyroid epidemic. And a lot Mm -hmm. of it's because these halogens. So think about iodine, which is our main nutrient that we need for our thyroid when you, it's it's in the same category on the periodic table as things like fluoride, chlorine, bromine, which is added to a lot of baking products. And so when you have, so they're the same constitution, and so they're going to compete with those iodine receptor sites. And so that's one reason why we have this, all of a sudden everybody's hypothyroidism, you know, has hypothyroidism is because a lot of it's because of this halogen exposure. Mm. Um, and, and we even have halogens in our, you know, it's there, it's in our tap water. So if you're not filtering your tap water, I mean, it's just everywhere. It's everywhere. And so being cognizant, I'm not saying, oh, don't go swimming anymore. It's like, well, maybe you should support your body moving out that chlorine when you go swimming. You know, there's even vitamin C lotions. You can take some glutathione before and after swimming thing, you know, things to help you prevent um, any extra exposure. And then when it comes to glyphosate, glyphosate is going to be one of those things that we look back and if you, I hope sooner rather than later, I mean, it's killing our soil. It's literally destroying our microbiome. And, you know, it was glyphosate started out as a herbicide, basically spilling out of an industrial power plant by accident. And it killed a bunch of weeds and um, they're like, Hey, this is a great weed killer. But what it does is it chelates as it goes. So it's taking minerals And it's taking our body, we're already very nutrient deficient. And what glyphosate does is it not only destroys our microbiome, but it takes the, any of the good minerals and vitamins that we have in our system out with it on its way out. So it's just like a double hit to the system. And then you add in the aluminum exposure and the, you know, all of the other toxicities on top of it. And it's just going to, it's going to be one of those things where we're just like, why did we ever do this? Because, you know, if you do a little uh, research, Back in the day, before glyphosate was um, introduced, we used DDT for pesticides and herbicides, and then even before that, we used lead. Oh. And so look at look at what we're look at how our mindset thinks about lead and DDT now. That's going to be the new glyphosate. It's not any safer. No, no, not at all. Oh well, hopefully we can help spread the word and maybe make a difference, even just one little podcast at a time, one light at a time. <laughs> That's how we light the whole world. I know. It's, it seems really like, it seems like, you know, we don't have a chance, but the, the really important takeaway is to know that we do. And we vote every single day with our dollars on what we choose to spend, what we're going to, you know, spend our money on. And the companies will change if we change uh, because they have to, it's supply and demand. Um, Absolutely. So we do have power. It's not that we're just doomed. We just have to make smarter decisions so that the um, our environment and our society follows, you know, this path we're trying to take. 
I love that. What a practical reminder and call to action. So thank you. We do have the power. We have power to change. If, if we change, they will change. Thank you. We need to hear that. Um, Okay. I, I love that. Um, What about, I've seen on your, I'm just kind of switching gears here kind of quickly, but then again, I know they're all connected and you're going to help us connect that. Um, (laughs) Tell us about parasites because I've seen it on your Instagram and I feel like it's starting to be a little bit more talked about and I want to help our listeners make some of those connections, especially after what you just discussed. Tell Mm -hmm. us all of it. Yeah. So no, it is very connected and I'm glad you, you know, I'm glad you mentioned it because the thing is when you have these layers of toxicities like heavy metals, we're laying the groundwork to have parasitic infections because parasites love things like heavy metals. And so when someone tests for heavy metals, um, their tests are often inaccurate because there's probably more of them because they reside in the, in the parasites. And so that's why it's really important as you're working with a practitioner to work with parasites before you even address chemical toxicities and heavy metals, because those attract the parasites to be this, you know, beautiful, you know, habitual place for them to reside. And, you know, we want to correct that. So part one of that is removing the toxicities. Um, so it is so highly connected and, um, we all have parasites. We are more bacteria than we are human cells. And so it's very easy for that imbalance to happen, especially if your immune system is suppressed by toxicities, which is so common. Um, and you don't have to live in a third world country to be exposed to parasites anymore. They're in our, there's protozoa in our tap water, um, uh, unwashed produce, um, sushi, raw meats, our pets, even, you know, I always wondered why are pregnant women not supposed to change litter pans because of toxic plasmosis, but we, but the rest of us can be exposed to it, right? Like that's a problem. They know it's a problem and we should all be aware. Um, In other, you know, countries, other civilizations, they do parasite cleanses seasonally. Why are we, you know, why, why do we get into a place of acceptance that our, the animals that we consume and our pets can be overloaded with parasites, but we can't. Yeah. And we let these dogs, you know, lick us and we hold them and we kiss on them and we let them sleep in our beds and we warm them every four weeks we give them, but we don't warm ourselves. And that's what my mother, thankfully I grew up, um, my mom owns a health food store and, um, she raised us, you know, with lots of herbs and we were raised with horses and dogs and cats and you name it. And Mm -hmm. she would do that seasonally with us too. I mean, she was like, she would just, (laughs) you know she's like you guys have cats and you're running around barefoot outside and dogs and horses and so I'm gonna warm you too like I warm them and it was normal to us it made a lot of sense but um makes sense total yeah (laughs) the older you get though you don't want to it's something it I wish we could normalize this that we want to live in harmony with these things that they um we're not going to be able to get rid of parasites, but I think even talking about it is like, what parasites is scary. And also so creepy and disgusting, Mm -hmm. but it's important that we talk about it and realize how important it is to, like you said, minimize exposures, address those things and seasonal parasite cleanses and um, just all those, everything you just mentioned. I'm, yeah, I'm ready to start talking about it more because 
<laughs> exactly. Because they alter our immune system. They alter our neurotransmitters. They steal our nutrients. Um, and, you know, it's important to find that balance for people and whether it's just doing full moon cleanses a few times. But this, this is the thing that people because parasite mm. work becomes very trendy now. It's one of those oh. things. Okay, I'm just going to do this. It's one of those things that if you're not working with a practitioner, your drainage pathways are not open. You haven't laid the groundwork for parasite work. Parasites, like I told you, they are a little host for lots of things, retroviruses, heavy metals, um, other chemical toxicities. And so if you're releasing parasites and you are not working with a practitioner to remove those things that the parasites are releasing, you mm. can get a lot sicker. So don't jump into parasite work ever. Until you get to that place of balance and you've worked with a practitioner and then you can learn, okay, I'm going to do these cyclically with the full moon a few times a year. And, you know, and you know what you're doing at that point, you know what to look for if your drainage pathways are open and that sort of thing. Wow. Powerful reminder. I'm so glad you pointed that out and um, reminded that, reminded me of that and all of our listeners. So important. Yeah. You don't want to get sicker. <laughs> so no. Yes. Be no. sure you're working with someone on this and, and do it the right way. If you're yeah. going to do it, do it the right way. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, what about your personal healthcare routine daily, weekly, seasonally? Like, are you willing to share any of those with us? Yeah, absolutely. So, um, and it's evolved, you know, it's evolved over time. Um, it's evolved as my work schedule has changed. And, you know, if my kids are out of school, <laughs> it looks a little different. <laughs> Um, but you know, I do, one of the biggest game changers for me, um, in my healing process is, is making time for mindfulness and meditation. Mm -hmm. Doing that nervous system work has been one of the biggest, I mean, I can't even put into words how much that has changed my life. So that is something every, every morning I do and I do it. So I like to like, put a lot of things into one just for time manage, you know, time purposes. So I'll do sauna, meditation, red light therapy, um, ozone therapy, all of those in one in my sauna <laughs> to get more bang for my oh, buck. Yeah, um, that makes sense. Yeah. I mean, why not? Yeah. I don't have time to do 20 minutes for each of these. So I just, you know, combine them all dry. If I think about it, I'll dry brush before. If not, I'll dry brush before my shower. Um, I get up early every day. I go work out. I strength, uh, strength train. Um, I come home and do those things, the sauna things. I do some gratitude practice, um, all before my kids wake up, because if you're just waking up with, um, you know, an alarm in that cortisol, high cortisol state of stress and your kids are crying and they can't find their uniforms and you know, you're, <laughs> you're trying to get out the door. That is not a good start to the day for anybody. You're already running on stress hormones. You probably haven't fed yourself because you're just worried about getting your kids out the door. Um, and so starting in a calm place. And a place of gratitude, like I said, is going to be so much better. So that's kind of what my day to day looks like. And I, I try to make sure I get, you know, 10,000 steps in throughout the day. If, it, if I'm walking in between clients or whatever, um, I get sunshine every single day, um, at least 20 minutes down here in Florida. I can often do more than that. So that's awesome. I go work at coffee shops where I'm exposed to the outside. So it kind of helps cancel out some of my screen time. Yes. <laughs> A little bit. And then on the weekends, I have more time. So I'll do um, the more intensive things like coffee enemas, um, you know, just the things that take a little bit more time and uh, I have more time to do. So um, 
so I do those as, as regularly as I can. And then I do, um, I do full moon cleanses every probably a couple months, every couple months or so. Um, and I'm currently working on Lyme and co-infections myself personally. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm kind of working through those. So any extra detox work I need for those, um, I will, I will just kind of fit in as I need to, but it's just a lot of the things we talked about, just extra drainage work, um, you know, just helping move some of these things out. You know, it's interesting that you, <clears throat> it's great that you do all of that. And it's just, I love hearing that you're practicing what you preach. It's so inspiring and motivating and it's applicable. We can apply a lot of what you're doing on the daily, on our daily basis, on a daily basis now in our own lives. And so I love that. Thank you for inspiring us. And you brought up Lyme disease. And I had an interesting conversation with someone yesterday, just yesterday about it. She just moved here from, moved to Dallas from Santa Fe, where she's been doing a lot of intensive Lyme work. And she's an advocate for that too. And I couldn't believe how many people in the room were like, Lyme disease. Yes. I've heard of that. What is that more? So would you mind just quickly mentioning what is Lyme disease? And also, isn't it from some, like we can get it from ticks or mosquitoes. It's like the, it's a parasitic thing too, like spirochetes, right? Or something. Yeah. So it's a vector-based illness. That's the word. Yes. So, so we're finding that it can be fleas, Mm. mosquitoes, uh, ticks. And, you know, I was raised on a farm, so I, I, it doesn't surprise me that Lyme was a part of my, you know, my picture. I was raised in the woods pretty much, you know? Um, uh, and so, so obviously there were some benefits from that, but also more exposures that we need to think about. But yeah, the thing with Lyme is it is a spiral sheet, um, shape. So that means it's a spiral shape. And so it does spiral into our synovial fluid, into our, you know, our joints, our tissues. And so, you know, when people talk about Lyme, Lyme's one of those things that there's a lot of groundwork that needs to be laid before mm-hmm. you can um, su- support working on, you know, doing herbal things like that for Lyme and co-infections. Um, but, you know, when you think about co-infections, a lot of things like um, heart palpitations, a lot of chronic fatigue, Lyme specifically has very unique um, features such as traveling pain. So if you feel like you have joint pain that kind of um, you know, is on one side one day and the other upper, upper, upper cervical neck, um, you know, pain that connects to migraines and things like Lyme can have very distinct features. Um, and a lot of times if someone has lingering issues, I'm going to assess and and treat them for Lyme co-infections because it's just, we get Lyme because our immune system is suppressed. And then we're, we're such in a state of suppression now that more and more people are getting it. So it's not scary for me anymore because it's so common, right? Mm. Um, we just, we see it more and more. So it is, it's one of those things that you have to lay the groundwork for feeling for healing before you can jump into Lyme. And for me, I was a, I had already done so much healing. I was a very high functioning Lyme patient. You know, I was muscle tested for Lyme and it's all over my body but I didn't, I'm not literally the only thing that I can think of that went away since I've been treating my Lyme is I would have this aching, debilitating pain in my right hip, no matter what I did. And I thought maybe I just had overtrained at some point and just, you know, it was a structure issue. And literally within the first month of working through Lyme, it went away. Oh. And it's something I've struggled with for years. Oh, um, wow. So it's really, yeah, I think it affects people in unique ways. And so for me, it's just an added layer of just clearing the immune system. It's just working on some of these underlying co-infections in Lyme 
um, just so that your body can get to that better place of balance. And it's not about um, killing the microbe. It's about finding balance, right? So that you can live a normal, healthy life. Absolutely. Living in harmony with these guys, you know, so, um, geez, it sounds crazy, but it is, I'm glad you're reminding of us, right. Reminding us of that. Like, it's not about killing them. Uh, what about laying the groundwork would you say is so important? Like if somebody wanted to jump in and someone's brand new to this game, though, they're, they're maybe having a health crisis and you've inspired them. Okay. They want to clean up their life and their health and start this health journey. I mean, what is one thing or maybe a top few things that you recommend that they start with today to even begin laying the groundwork before they can attack some of this? Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah. So I wrote down a couple of things. So for one, I'm always talking about stopping the exposure. So one of the most chronic exposures that we have is our food and water supply. So um, whether you want to test your water or because we're talking about radiation in the water, we're talking about pharmaceuticals, um, parasites, uh, heavy metals. I've seen so much copper and manganese toxicity from, from water supply. Um, whether you're testing that or, um, or just going straight to distilled and structuring your water from there, which is what I usually recommend because it's just a lot of work to go through testing. And then what are you going to do after testing? Anyway, you're probably going to go to distilled water, you know, True. <laughs> so, um, so water and food. So obviously we talk about glyphosate, how toxic it is to the body. Um, so making sure you're minimizing that toxin load as much as possible, but then looking at your environment. So your everyday toxins and your beauty products, um, you know, we get heavy metals, things like parabens, all of these things that can disrupt our hormones, our mitochondria. Um, so assessing your environment and, you know, in the air. So VOCs, mold spores, things like that, that could be in the air that are contributing to immune suppression. Those are all things that everybody can start doing. And then, like I said, detox is not something you just do and you're done. You detox daily. So find ways that you can support detoxification, whether it's just dry brushing for now or castor oil packs or just getting movement or even just getting sunshine and grounding. Um, those are things that people can start incorporating slowly that you're not going to have bad side effects from, you know, it's just supporting the body's natural processes and then stopping the exposure is just your icing on the cake. Right. So, and then some people, some people feel great just doing those things. Um, but some people need deeper works. And so then I recommend doing some testing and seeing where you're, um, you know, where you need to start from, from that testing. Is it nutrient deficiencies, toxin load, things like that. That's amazing. So, okay. Someone's ready to start with you. How can they get, I will have all this in the show notes too, but let's verbally tell our listeners. I mean, where can they get in touch with you? Are you active on Instagram, Facebook? What's your website? And also they, um, can they work with, they, our listeners, can someone listen, uh, work with you out of state or would they need to come to you in Florida? Nope. So my practice is a hundred percent virtual. Um, oh. so functional tests are sent directly to your home, which is amazing. No blood work required unless we're doing something very specialty. Um, so, uh, all that stuff. So I do work virtually. Um, I am very active on Instagram. It's kind of like the only place I really put much effort into just because it's easy for now. And well, it was easy and now you have to make videos, but it used to be easy. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Pictures. 
Um, so that's where I divert most of my energy. And then my own podcast, Vibing Well with Dr. Stacy. Um, so I have links in my bio to work with me or to ask questions for my podcast and things like that. Um, and I am in the development of an app uh, situation for people who um, maybe don't want to jump into testing yet, people who want to just do some of those um, foundational things like the lifestyle modifications, the diet, the movement, all of those things. So I'm in a development and I should be launching that, I hope, at the first of the year. So that's going to be something that even clients I'm working with, it's just going to be kind of like an accountability and just a resource that people can have day to day on, you know, on all of these things like we talked about, reminders of, you know, detoxification, diet, movement. Um, and then, you know, it's all going to be based on their symptoms. And so that's really exciting. So that's going to be my new baby for next year. Oh, congratulations. That's so Thank exciting. You. You'll have to keep us posted about that for sure. <laughs> wow. Okay, good. Well, I'll put all of that in the um show notes as well and your Instagram and everything like that. And um, what else am I missing? Have we missed anything? Is there any other last bit of anything you'd like to share with us or leave us with an inspiration or a tip? No, I just, you know, I just want to give people the hope that anyone can heal. I know that we all, um, a lot of people who've been dealing with chronic illness think that there is no hope or they've been gaslit and that mind body connection has been so severed. And trust me, I was there at the bottom of the barrel with, with all of you um, who are feeling that way. Yeah. And, um, I just want to bring hope and awareness to people because um, it's so quickly taken away from us in this journey and anyone can heal. Um, and so I just kind of want to leave with that. That's amazing. Thank you. You, you are, you're a light in this sphere, in this industry, and you are a beacon of hope for all of us. So thank you for all that you're doing and stay strong for all of us. And thank you so much for your time today and sharing all of your wisdom. Of course. Thank you for having me. Awesome. Thanks, Dr. Stacy. See you next time. Mm -hmm.